Christ Point, we are only a few days away from arguably uh, one of my favorite times of year. I love Thanksgiving. And to be quite honest with you, I love to give thanks when life is good. <laughs> when things are essentially going my way, you know, falling in line, when life sort of plays out the way that I want it to or that w I would like it to, I have no trouble giving thanks. When uh, things are going smoothly financially and there are no unexpected bills, uh, there's no sickness to speak of, there's nothing that comes my way that catches me off guard, uh, I have an easy time giving thanks. When my relationships are strong and healthy and flourishing. You know, when my marriage is the things written about in a marriage book or when my relationship with my children uh, is smooth and I'm in the running for father of the year and my kids genuinely like me. I have no trouble giving thanks. Uh, when things at church <laughs> are going well and they're, you know, somewhat predictable but exciting and I see uh, fruit from ministry and a church family is getting along, you know, I have no problem uh, giving thanks. I have no issue giving thanks when life is spectacular. And something tells me that I'm not the only one. Uh, you too probably have a relatively easy time giving thanks when everything goes your way. <laughs> but as we've learned in 2020, that's not life in the real world. No, there are times when things do not go our way. There are times when we experience significant challenges or difficulty or hardship. And so this morning... Uh, just a few days away from Thanksgiving, I want us to think together about how to give thanks when life stinks. <laughs> how to give thanks when life stinks. You know, the, the Bible actually instructs us in how to do that, or at least paints a picture for us. I'm reminded of the words from the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18, when uh, Paul writes to the church what serve really as final instructions in this particular letter, and he writes to them, and he says, give thanks. And I think to myself, I'm tracking with you, Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Give thanks. But then he says, in all circumstances. Uh-oh. <laughs> And then he says uh, to the church, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. A lot of times we wrestle with God's will for our lives. What is God calling us to do? What should we do? What can we do? What ought we to do? Well, the scripture is clear. God's will, at least in this particular case, is for us to give thanks in all circumstances. Well, 2020 has been a year of all circumstances. Uh, just last month for Halloween, my 
next door neighbor put these uh, gravestones in their, her front yard and they read, rest in peace, toilet paper. <laughs> rest in peace, hugs. Rest in peace, eating out. Rest in peace, mom's sanity. Well, when I saw those, I thought to myself, how do we give thanks in those circumstances? How do we give thanks when life stinks? Well, believe it or not, Scripture shows us how by pointing us to the example of, well, you guessed it, none other than Jesus. This morning, I want us to think together about how to give thanks by considering uh, how Jesus responded to a situation that, at least in our eyes, from the outside looking in, was a situation where he would not give thanks, or a situation where he didn't have much uh, to be thankful uh, for. I want to draw your attention to the Gospel of Luke and ask you to turn with me to Luke uh, chapter 22. Uh, Luke chapter 22. This is a passage that describes the institution of the Lord's Supper, something that uh, we celebrate or remember as a church family. And I want us to notice how Jesus responds as he's nearing the end of his life and he's instructing his disciples during his last hours. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 14. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 14. Open up your Bibles or turn on your electronic device and follow along, or uh, the passage will be on the screen for you. It says in Luke chapter 22, verse 14, And when the hour came, he, Jesus, reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So Jesus knows that he is going to suffer. He is uh, going into the storm. And he says, For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verse 17, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to them, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you, uh, poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is, uh, or, or, or betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to the man by whom he has, uh, or he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them uh, it could be who was going to do this. If you grew up in church, maybe you've heard this passage. Uh, a thousand times before, maybe even if you uh, didn't grow up in the church, you've attended church and you've seen a church congregation or a church family partake of what is called the Lord's Supper. You've seen people take the elements as they're called, the, the bread and the wine or the bread and uh, 
the juice and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Maybe you've, you've seen it done or participated in the Lord's Supper a thousand times before, but did you ever stop and notice the words that Jesus spoke when he was addressing the bread and the wine? Ever stop and consider what Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 17. It says, And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks. Did you notice that? Later, it says that he did the same with uh, the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to them, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus is nearing the end of his life. He's literally hours away from the cross. This is and will be the most difficult hours for Jesus. His life is coming to an end. Jesus knows that he will suffer and die. We cannot put into words the suffering that Jesus will experience. We, we can't even begin to grasp the significance of God the Father uh, pouring out his wrath on God the Son, his only Son. We can't imagine what it was like for Jesus to experience a crown of thorns, uh, for him to be beaten, spat upon, betrayed by those closest to him. Maybe we've seen it portrayed in movies. Maybe we've read this story a hundred or a thousand times before, but Admittedly, it's impossible for us to truly understand the significance of that sacrifice. So Jesus knows what's going to take place. He's not caught off guard by this. This is not something that he didn't see coming or was not part of God's plan from the beginning of time. And it says when Jesus neared the end of his life, when he was with his disciples, uh, partaking in the Passover meal, when he institutes what we know as the Lord's Supper, it says that Jesus took the elements and gave thanks. In an article by author John Bloom, he quotes Anne Voskamp, who admittedly has a black belt in thanksgiving. She's written on it extensively. Listen to what Anne says about uh, this word, that is used for Jesus giving thanks. The, the Greek word that is used here in Luke chapter 22 is the word uh, eucharisto. eucharisto. Uh, it is a word uh, that has a root word, uh, charis, that means grace. Anne writes, Jesus took the bread and saw it as grace, and gave thanks. He took the bread and knew it uh, to be a gift and gave thanks. Eucharisto or thanksgiving envelops the Greek word for grace, charis. 
but it also holds its derivative, the Greek word kara, meaning joy. Uh, charis, grace, eucharisto, thanksgiving, kara, joy. This is from Ann Voskamp's book, A Eucharisto Conversation. Uh, think about that for a moment. Jesus sees the, the, the bread and the wine as, as grace, as joy, as thanksgiving. Did you ever stop to think about that? I get thanksgiving when life is good, right? When <laughs> I feel and experience joy. Uh, when it seems like a life is uh, a journey downhill with the wind at my back, those are times where it's easy for me to give thanks. I get thanksgiving and grace and joy during those times in life. But Jesus sees this moment, the end of his life, the Lord's Supper, hours before he will uh, suffer and die, as an opportunity to experience thanksgiving, as an opportunity to, to receive grace and joy. Did you ever stop and think about that before? I don't know if you have these experiences where you read the Bible and think to yourself, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. That seems otherworldly. It seems unusual or, or uncommon. We don't have a category for that. I don't quite have a category for understanding how that fits into the course of life. And yet, here is Jesus near the end of his days seeing his impending suffering as God's work in his life. Think about what's about to take place. Jesus is about to suffer and die. He is going to experience God's wrath, wrath that you and I deserve for our sin. Uh, he is going to experience punishment uh, for the sins of uh, his sons and daughters. Uh, he because of his sacrifice, is going to uh, extend forgiveness uh, to you and uh, to me by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus. All of these things, uh, all of uh, this movement of God is going to take place because of the work of Jesus. And, and Jesus, in that moment, gives thanks Right? He, he gives thanks in the midst of his present suffering. He was about to experience the worst possible horror that any human could experience. And he was thankful to his father for grace and for joy that would be experienced by his followers in the days ahead. During times of great trial in tribulation, uh, thanks can be given and a, a measure of a joy and grace can be received. I say that and you might be wondering how. How can that happen? How is that even possible? Well, on, on one hand, the Christian life is looking back and seeing God's past faithfulness. How many times in your life have you been able to look back and see the hand of God work in your life 
to orchestrate events in such a way that uh, you see the hand of God clearly. Maybe Thanksgiving for you, maybe this time of year is an opportunity for you to do that. You look back and you think to a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago and you think to yourself, God has been good and God has been faithful. You can rehearse the story of your life and see how God has shown up and showed off in many tangible and practical ways and you give thanks. Maybe today one of the ways that you give thanks and experience a measure of God's grace and joy for your life is thinking about things that you're thankful for uh, today. I know 2020 has not been an ideal year, and that's putting it mildly. Uh, things have not played out the way that you hoped they would. And yet, wherever you find yourself today, I, I, I bet if you tried, if you really thought about it, you could experience or think about God's new morning mercies for today and you could give thanks. Uh, both of those are true. We give thanks when we look back. We give thanks when we consider our uh, present day circumstances. But, but there's an, another way in which we can give thanks that oftentimes I don't think we think about it. I certainly don't think about it. And yet it's the reason that I believe Jesus can give thanks even in the most difficult of circumstances. And that is uh, giving thanks for what is to come. Not only what's in the past, not only what we're experiencing right now, but what we see uh, that awaits us uh, in the days ahead. I think that's what Jesus is doing here. We see this modeled in other places in, in Scripture. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set out before us. Listen, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the, the shame, and is seated on the right hand of the throne of God, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. It was as if Jesus was looking ahead to see what was to come. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith, faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in Nothing. Do you notice what, what Jesus and what James is saying as he writes these verses? He's saying, look ahead to what is to come. When you experience difficulty or hardship or challenges today, one of the ways that we can give thanks is by looking to what is to come. For the Christian, the best is yet to come. I have to tell you uh, more and more in my life as a, dare I say it, middle-aged man, I, I think to myself that the best for me and for you has not yet been experienced, but is promised for us in the days ahead. That doesn't mean that today doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that our present day trials or tribulations are not significant 
or weighty. It, it does mean that there is a certain hope that we have as the people of God by looking ahead to what God promises in the future. I think of the words of the psalmist in Psalm 16 when he says, In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Oh, that's, that's something that we look to and say, Oh, there is something in the days ahead that awaits us that is better than anything that we have experienced here and now. In your presence there is fullness of joy. I want that. I can be thankful for the promise that that is true. I'm reminded that one day we will see Jesus face to face and we will be like him. This is 1 John chapter 3 where John writes to the church and says there will be a day when your sanctification, your ongoing work of God changing you into the image of Jesus will be completed. Oh, that is massively good news. That is something that we have uh, the, the joy of looking forward to, that we will see Jesus, our Savior, face to face, and we will be like him. I'm reminded of the words of Paul when he writes to the church at Corinth, and uh, he says that our light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. So we focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. All of those passages give hope to the Christian by telling them, listen, there is more than just today to live for. There is a future hope of glory that is yours and that is mine. And so on this Thanksgiving, in the midst of a very difficult and challenging year, we can give thanks. We can give thanks in all circumstances because there are promises that await us, you, believer, that we have experienced in part now, but we will experience more fully when we see Jesus face to face. You will experience forever healing. Listen, if your body is breaking down, if you are uh, weary, if you uh, d don't work the way that you once did, you know that, that healing awaits you. There will be a day when God restores your body, when he restores your health, when he takes what is uh, broken and he makes you well. That is yet to come. It is a promise that we look forward to. And so give thanks. There will be a day when relationships are restored. Don't you long for that? One of the challenges, challenges that we face this year is that there have been brothers and sisters who know and love the Lord uh, who do not see eye to eye on things. Maybe it's politically, maybe it's the pandemic, uh, maybe it's, uh, it's tensions, uh, racial tensions that we've experienced in 2020, and we've lamented the brokenness that we've seen around us. And it seems like we're so convinced that we see the situation clearly and we don't understand why our brothers and sisters cannot come around to seeing it as clearly as we do. Well, there's good news. One day, God is going to restore these relationships. We, all of us, you and me, will see clearly that is yet to come. And so uh, give thanks. We will experience lasting and uninterrupted joy. 
that is to come. We have maybe tasted it here and now, but we will experience it forever and ever. That is a promise that God gives to his kids. And so give a thanks. You will be fully sanctified. Don't you long for that? Don't you long for a life where you will not you where you will no longer uh, long for uh, what your neighbor possesses. You will no longer struggle with uh, envy or lust or or pride or the love of of money or being uh, consumed or self-absorbed with uh, with self. And don't you don't you long for God to finish His work in you? Well, listen, brother or sister, child of. Uh, the king that awaits you so give thanks one day you will no longer experience anxiety or worry or depression that will be lifted from your heart and from your soul that is to come maybe you experience it maybe you taste it here and now but one day you will experience it fully it will be yours it is a promise for all of God's children and so you can give thanks today for for that God will complete his good work in you you will be raised uh, from the dead <laughs> never to experience death again someday you will see Jesus and you will be like him someday you will get God you will be brought to God I'm just thinking about all of these promises that are given to us by God that we experience in part now but not fully knowing that one day we will experience them in full. And when you think about that, uh, you and me, we are able uh, to give thanks. So, listen, how, how do you give thanks <laughs> when life stinks? Surely, you can, you can look back. You can see the hand of God in your life and you can give thanks for what God has done. You, you can also consider where you are today. And I bet you, if you think about it, you, you can think of a few things that God is doing right now. New morning mercies that God has extended to you that you can give uh, thanks for today. But listen, one of the ways, one of the ways that God's people uh, give thanks in all circumstances as we look ahead uh, to what is uh, to come for God's kids, for his sons and daughters. We cling to the promises of God and we give thanks uh, for what we will experience in the days ahead. And so listen, church family, church family, Christ Point, if you are watching this at home, if you maybe are not part of our church family, but you follow along online, I want to encourage you to do something today. Wherever you are, maybe uh, maybe you're watching this as a single mom. Uh, maybe you're watching this as a widow. Uh, maybe you are watching this as a family with a boy or a girl uh, who's uh, experiencing some, some medical uh, conditions or challenges. Maybe, maybe you yourself are uh, in the midst of just a, a dark time right now and, and your heart is weary and you're struggling uh, to give thanks, I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to maybe pull out your phone or, or pull out a sheet of paper. Or if you're watching this with family, with a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife, I just want you to take some time 
today and give thanks uh, to God for what he has done, uh, what he is doing, and what he will do in the days ahead. That's your homework. I, I really want you to do it, though. I want you to spend some time. Maybe, maybe this is just you praying before the Lord and saying, God, I just want to give you thanks uh, for some promises that you've given uh, to me. Just take time right now. Just close your eyes and do that. Or, or look at your loved ones next to you on the couch and say, hey, let's, let's turn off the TV for a minute. And let's just give thanks uh, to God and spend some time in prayer and uh, give thanks to uh, the Lord for what he's done, uh, what he's doing, and what he will do in the days ahead. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, we uh, give thanks to you. I thank you for your steadfast faithfulness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for uh, your grace and your mercy. Lord, I give thanks to you. You've been so gracious and kind uh, to me uh, personally. You've been gracious and kind uh, to Christ Point, to us as a church. God, I see uh, your fingerprints all over the hearts and lives of your people, and I give you thanks. God, I pray for uh, your people this morning, folks who are watching this from home who can hear the sound of my voice today. I pray that you would fill their hearts with thanksgiving and gratitude. God, we give you thanks not only for what you've done, not only for what you are doing, but for what you will do in the days ahead. God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Christ Point, I want to uh, let you know that there's a couple things that we're looking forward to as a church. Uh, first and foremost, December, I believe the 6th, the first Sunday in December, we're going to be uh, gathering food once again for the Mission City uh, Food Bank. Over the course of this past year, on the first Sunday of each month, we have gathered supplies uh, for Mission City Church. Uh, I have to tell you, I've been able to to go and see what has been taking place there. There's about 100 families uh, each Thursday that drive through the Mission City Food Bank and receive a bag of groceries. They're prayed for. Uh, they're invited uh, to church. It's really just an amazing uh, ministry, and we have a, an opportunity to partner with them and be a part of what God is doing there. And so I uh, want to encourage you, bring your groceries uh, that first Sunday in December. You can drop them off at Christ Point Church. We're currently meeting at the Ayler Barn, and we would love for you to be a part of that great ministry. Also want to let you know, this is exciting, on December the 24th, uh, that's Christmas Eve, we're going to gather at the Ayler Barn. We're going to be outside and have a bit of a, a Christmas experience. Uh, we're going to hear the Christmas story being read. Uh, there should be some hay rides. Uh, rumor has it. And we're going to be able to sing some uh, well-known Christmas carols and just celebrate uh, the coming of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, mark your calendars, come with your uh, family uh, Thursday, December the 24th at the Ayler Barn. We're going to meet together at 5 o'clock from 5 until 6. It's a great way for you uh, to come out with your family uh, before you celebrate together. So can't wait to see you there Thursday, December the 24th 
Uh, Lord bless you, Christ point. May the Lord uh, keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. God bless. We'll see you next week.